Episode 35 of the IntelliCast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me, as always, is Brian Lamar. Hey, Adam. 35. Here. 35. Who's who's a good number 35? Kevin Durant. Oh, that's good. Didn't think of him. Uh, that's about it. Yep. That's his Not corner. a popular number. That's right. It, for for good reason. Um, who else is 35? Jimmy Carter? No. <laughs> Nixon? <laughs> who was Ten that? presidents ago. So you gotta think oh, no, don't, that's at no. least forty years, sixty years ago. Is it around Kennedy's time then probably? Eisenhower. Around that Eisenhower Kennedy time. Yeah, he's no Kevin Durant. EMI is Intellicast is brought to you by EMI Research. EMI underscore research on Twitter. You can reach us at Intellicast at EMI underscore research dot com. Intellicast one on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly Brian. Twitter? Yeah, you know, I, I should probably get a Twitter. Maybe two thousand nineteen. Twitter. I think that's going to be a good one. Maybe this Twitter thing will take off. I think so. Today's guest is JC Sebastian of P2 Sample. What a great guy. Yeah, good guy. They just had some news come out. So a couple weeks ago, months ago, they had a P2 Solo came out, which is their DIY tool. And now they've recently just came out with their new panel management tool and sampling blending platform. JC doesn't talk about it on the podcast. I think he was tongue-in-cheek about it. Um, yeah. But it came out today since we've recorded his interview. Yeah. Brian, what are your thoughts? You know, well, EMI were obviously a proponent of blending. It's yeah. nice to see everybody else kind of hopping on board and following our trends as we're leaders in the industry of blending. Yeah. Um, but you know, good stuff. I mean, P2 is making a lot of noise in the industry um, with, you know, they have a DIY platform. They have good marketing. They have JD, JD out there. And so. Yeah. Good stuff from them. I think it's kind of cool. I love the idea of doing the blending programmatic approach. Um, I would love to see the science behind their blending because I know of where they recruit from comes from some different sources and how yeah. much. I'm, I mean, they have some. I don't know, proprietary panel sounds real, real strict, but they do have some places that only they are pulling sample from. Yeah, along with what they're pulling from Intercept and Facebook and other social media type platforms, as well as other panels and things like that. But I would love to see the science of how they come up with a blend and like what the research they did to come up with their blends, um, compared to ours. Or, or I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not strong enough to say that maybe theirs is better. I don't know. Let's maybe there should be a conference around sample blending, BlendCon. BlendCon. The next, the next phase of SampleCon, BlendCon. We get all the blenders together. We just stay an extra day. Yeah, another we'll day. Talk about it. Yeah. We'll go to a, a daiquiri bar. Right. With all these blenders around. Yeah, one of those bars that have we'll all the blenders. Blend yeah, what, wet willies. Yeah, like wet willies. You know there's a wet willies in Austin. <laughs> we'll go there and, and we'll hang out and talk about sample blending. I'm for it. Um, other market research news. Um, kind of weird news. WPP, a lot of stuff going on there. Um, a lot of what going on in the Cansar as well. Who's going to own Cansar? What are they doing? What are they selling off? Now there's a hiring freeze until March of next year. So... Definitely not the best news. No. Maybe not the worst news also. No. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, obviously, they're a leader of the industry, and we, the industry kind of needs them to sort this out. They're obviously up for sale. Is it going to be majority ownership, minority ownership? Who's going to buy them? Um, that needs to be sorted out. There's just been a lot of turmoil in 2019 with WPP, and that just it, it kind of trickles down to the rest of the industry, unfortunately. Um, hiring freeze probably investors like that i guess right. yeah it's- um so it probably helps their stock price which took a nosedive you know not that long ago um i think they'll get stable they're 
they're obviously a staple in the industry, and so they'll come out of they'll merge out of this. But who knows what it'll look like, right? I mean, WPP has I don't know hundreds of companies, and even Cantar has a lot of companies. Right. We need them to continue to be thought leaders and driving insights because they're good at it. Right. Um, so we'll see how this shakes out. Hopefully soon. I think it'll, it'll start. I mean, I feel like we're kind of getting away from like the scandal weird parts of like the Montreal yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I think like we're getting. We're, yeah, I think it's coming soon. And then you know. Read an article that suggested maybe Nielsen would buy them. That would make sense. But then, you know, Nielsen's having his own challenges, and GFK is having its own challenges. So I think at the top of the list in our industry, there's lots of, you know, not to say turmoil might be a little strong, but there's some uneasiness there. Uh, let's take a break from market research news. You know, we were talking about Twitter earlier, and we're trying to get you on Twitter. And a lot <laughs> of times on Twitter, like, you're, the symbol is the bird. And one of the things that is similar to a bird, in fact, could be a bird, is a chicken. So oh. we were talking last week, there was a chicken day at EMI where fried chicken was ordered, and yep. we wanted to talk about our Mount Rushmore of chickens. Mount Rushmore of chickens. So, Brian, yeah. give me your top four chickens. Let me give you all four? You go one, and then I'll go one. Okay, I like to rotate. Yeah, I like to rotate. All yeah, right. What's your, it doesn't have to be number one, but what's the first one? I'm going to give you my first one, which is, if you've been to Marietta, Georgia... There's a KFC in the main drag in Marietta, Georgia, with a giant chicken on it. Really? It's amazing. You can Google it, giant chicken in Marietta, Georgia. It is amazing. I, every time I drive, I have, a, I have multiple pictures of it on my phone. It is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life. That's my number one chicken. Your number one chicken, <laughs> Marietta, Georgia, KFC. <laughs> yes. My number one chicken, San Diego. Oh, that's a good one. The San Diego chicken, the a top three mascot. Oh, easy. Probably. Don't know how it's a mascot. Right. A why top three mascot? mascot in the world. I don't know why it's the San Diego chicken. I don't know what San Diego team. The, the famous San Diego with. chicken, yeah. Yeah. Then it became like the famous chicken, maybe? Because he left San Diego? I think so. You can, you can always go back home. Do you, Did you watch the baseball bunch? Yeah. Of course, right? Yeah. Man, the baseball bunch with Johnny Bench and Tommy Lasorda, and that chicken was always in trouble. No, that San Diego, <laughs> that rascal. <laughs> Uh, what's your number two chicken? Or you want to do? You want to go snake? You want me to go do another one? I'll do another one. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna go Chick Fil A. Go a little standard. I love Chick Fil A. What a great quick service restaurant. Great service. Great food. I mean, I and you hear great stories. It's almost like unreal the stories that you read about the service yeah. that people do. And I, a big fan of uh, their brand. Also in Georgia. Yeah, man, it's true to brand. <laughs> My number two chicken, uh, it's actually chickens, and that is the group of chickens that Gonzo on the Muppet Show chases all the time. And apparently has some kind of romantic relationship with. Yeah. And I think those lovely ladies, groups of chickens, are my number two chickens. Man, you're, you're really pulling at my heartstrings for a little kid, because yes, those chickens are amazing. It's time to start the music. Yeah. It's time to light Gonzo lights. and his chickens. Man, that's amazing. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna change okay. mine a little bit, because you're really stepping it up. Mano, mano. Chicken dance. I'm a huge Oktoberfest fan, and I have lots of fun. If, hey, if, if you're hearing, listening to this and you want to have some good drunk stories about someone, I will talk to you about chicken dances on Oktoberfest for hours at a bar over an adult beverage. But chicken dance is fun. 
Who doesn't like doing the chicken dance? I hate to dance, but I'll do the chicken dance. Yeah, it's a little weird, but I don't really like it. But um, <laughs> my number three chicken is General Sal's. That's a good one. And I went with this, and it, it's it's a conversation that I've had. We talked to, you know, adult beverage conversations. I, I used to have this conversation with my friends in college about what one of the main skills that I think they teach in our military or in any military, it obviously has to be chicken preparation. Because you have not only General Sal's chicken, which is delicious Chinese spicy dish. It's my favorite as well. And also Colonel Sanders. Oh, he's a colonel. Also. So you have two ranking military officials that are famous for their chicken. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think we talk about this enough. And I think that's how we probably build the wall. <laughs> All right. What's your, what's your fourth chicken? I'm going back to basic with a drum wing. So if you go, to, you go drums instead of flats. I, I prefer the drums. Yeah, man. If you go to like get some wings, like on a tailgate or on a Sunday afternoon, watching some football, man, a, a pile of drums with some good some good sass on it, man. That's nothing beats that drum wing. Uh, I'm gonna take you to 1984 through 1989 for my last chicken, and that it's actually a phrase, uh, a trigger word, if some would say. So my number four chicken is what Biff calls Marty McFly in Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3 that always makes him trigger to become his like alter ego because yeah. he doesn't want to be a chicken. And so that has to be one of the greatest chickens if you're like, that is such an insult. I don't want to be that. My number four chicken, the insult that Biff called Marty McFly in all three Back to the Future movies. All right, I'm going to tell the viewers. This is another level of me, the, by the way, right now. I feel great. The listeners, we did a little bit of show prep. Yeah. So we had an option for Mount Rushmore. Adam Jolly, our host, prepped for no more than 10 seconds on this list. I said, let's do top four chickens. 10 seconds later, that was your list. <laughs> this wasn't. This didn't take hours or days. <laughs> Within 10 seconds, you had that Mount Rushmore of chickens. I challenge anyone to top that. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some other things going on. So last night, yesterday was election day. Yeah. Um, and we had our first election night special. Um, it was a video. It was on Facebook Live. We had... Um, at any given time, a bunch of people on it. I think overall, so far, we've got over 500 views so far. It's on Facebook Live. It'll be going onto the website where people can go and look at it there as well. Um, it's two hours long, and it really is us talking about like like 17, 18 different races yeah. throughout last night. We had we were looking bringing in some live results. We had some call-ins, including I thought we got prank called by some woman named Peaches in Florida, but she's a legit lady. She's lovely. And it it was awesome. And Brian, what were your thoughts about it? Man, it was a lot of fun. It was our first time doing that. It was the first time in front of a camera. So I got some feedback on shaking my leg a little bit. It was so much fun. Um, it's probably a little bit... We stayed on topic much more than I thought we would. We really got deep into some political races, probably because Adam Dietrich is there. I, tur- I turned it off. I turned off the, the shtick because Dietrich was, was very good at yeah. being an expert. Yeah. And I thought like that it was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. good. We had legitimate calls talking about specific races. Um, just kind of watching the results as they come in. I have some ideas for next one. I want to run by you before I commit to, yeah. to us doing another one. But I have March an idea. Madness, right? Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. Watch the commercials. Yeah. Talk about that. We bring on our advertising expert and we talk, watch the game and talk about halftime show and goof off a little bit and talk about commercials. Maybe. Hey, if, the, if, this, if that's what the fans want. 
I don't know. Let's not talk about it more. Because last thing I want is somebody stealing this idea again. Just like P2 solar sample blending idea. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Um, man, I had a good time. I loved it, too. I had a great time. Uh, I was super proud of everyone involved in the team and just like watching this little thing kind of take off. And I'm excited for the next one. I have a little bit of confidence that we can pull the next one off. Um, let's not talk about the races that happened yesterday. We actually will have a tally at one point, right, who won and we don't know. I mean, there's a lot of like runoffs and stuff. Who's gonna? What's gonna happen? Yeah, three are still out there. Uh, haven't decided. People yet. just aren't uh, seceding. <laughs> uh, so um, let's go into though. No, we talk about politics. You want to do another Mount Rushmore? Let's do the other Mount Rushmore. All right, let's do it. Top four political movies. Oh my gosh. Politics, political movies. Don't take yourself too seriously. Number one political movie for me. I'll get started while you think of one. Yeah. I want to go with Manchurian Candidate. Oh, the new one or the old one? Uh, I'll go with the new one because I like uh, Aaron Eckhart. Is that who is in it? Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. I Sometimes I get Aaron Eckhart and the guy um, Thomas Payne, Jane, the guy that was in Hung. I think they're the same person. <laughs> yeah. Two-Face. The one with Two-Face in it. That's the one I'll go with the number one. What do you got um, in political movies? You want me to give another one? Yeah, go again. Dave. Starring... Oh, Dave was really yeah, good. With the body double in Sigourney Weaver. And he fell in love with Sigourney Weaver. It's a great movie. Um, I'm going to give you one. All the President's Men? Yeah, it was going to be on mine. That's an old one. Um, classic. Um, I'll give you another one. Yeah. JFK? No. Is that a, that's a thriller. Is that a political movie? It's a political movie, yeah. What about Frost Nixon? Frost Nixon. Not a big fan. Yeah. Um, what other political movies? There's a new Gary Hart movie coming out. Oh, how about oh, yeah. W? I never saw John W. I, I don't like when um, they do movies where someone tries to look like someone that still exists that looks oh, like that. So you know about the new Dick Cheney movie coming up? He looks exactly like him, though. Yeah, it's Christian Bale. It's amazing. He gained, like, what, 80 pounds or something? He looks great. He looks amazing. I'm watching that. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, Lincoln was great. Lincoln was good. Yeah, I don't know, Dana Day-Lewis. Don't try so hard, buddy. <laughs> go, I'm a great actor. Yeah, I, take it easy. Right. Scale it back a couple notches. Uh, what other political movies are we missing as far as good ones? Um, I mean, do war movies count? Probably not. Unless there's Born on the Fourth of July. Born on the Fourth of July is really good. It's political. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about JFK. Ruby. <laughs> that was the story of Jack Ruby who murdered Lee Harvey Oswald. Sure. Yep. We'll add that in there. Yep. Um, Doctor Strangelove. Did we talk about that yet? No. That's good. Worth the watch if you haven't seen it. Old. Really? Yeah. Excellent. Um, I don't think there's been. A lot of great Lee Daniels, movies. the butler. Oh. With uh, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, where he's like the butler for like 18 presidents. Oh, did you see the movie Bobby about Bobby Kennedy? It's a good one. Oh, I'm, is that the new one? No, yeah, Chepa, oh, no Chepaquita. Chepaquita. Oh, yeah. That's supposed to be good. I have it on my um, watch list on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. All right. I think that's a lot of good movies. Citizen Kane? Is that an old political movie? I think so. Is it? Somebody yeah. gets elected. All it's I a got. wonderful life. <laughs> Mr. Potter. Milk? <laughs> Milk. That's a great political movie. Yeah. Oh. That's a good one. It's recent. Yeah, go back. Relive your election day with some of these classic feel-good movies. You realize we just mentioned like all of those movies depressing. are like the 30, except for Dave. All the rest of them are all like the 30 most depressing movies. Like the government's <laughs> out to get you. The world is horrible. Everyone good dies. Even Dave, somebody dies. 
Yeah. He was just a bad dude. I almost went down with Jack Ryan path, but yeah. I well, I have, <laughs> I'll tell you where my mind went. Okay, again, the same crazy that had the chickens from the Muppet Show. <laughs> Thought the movie Dave, and then for a second I thought there was a separate movie that was actually still Dave, where I, um, Charles Grodin, Grolin maybe, was in Dave. He played like his tax friend, but he was also the dad in Beethoven. And so I was going to say the movie Beethoven, but actually I was just thinking about an actor that was in the movie Beethoven with the Saint Bernard that was in the movie Dave. Yeah, it's it's Your mind. All spaghetti up there. I have no idea how it really is. That's amazing. Anyway, that's our Mount Rushmore of that's your Mount Rushmore of political movies. <laughs> uh, let's move into our interview with JC Sebastian. JC is awesome. Uh, you're going to learn a lot about JC, how he got to the industry, something that you don't know about him, how he basically set up his own city in Atlanta, um, just being kind of a, an activist, um, and continues to be. And I, I, one of the things that I love when we do interviews is when you unlock something about somebody and all of a sudden like you see like a passion like ray of light come out. yeah and hearing him talk about his activism and just like his struggle and how he got into the industry like you can feel things when yeah. you talk to jc and there's like a uniqueness and like a a genuine thought um when he comes on um and i love this interview i love talking with him and, and just a great guy and i can't wait until i see him at the next conference yep same here. Great guy. One of the, my favorite people in all of marketing research. And one of my top four things in Atlanta and Georgia would be JC Sebastian. Where does, with the really? chicken. So, okay. Yeah. I was going to say with the chicken, Chick fil A, JC, and, uh, what's the Jones Club that you're talking about? I don't know what you're talking, talking about. about. No, oh, plays in Atlanta. Claremont Lounge. Claremont Lounge. Which you have to, Bailey, that was on the Bailey Allen podcast. Yeah. Who's also from Georgia. She didn't make the Mount Rushmore. She's not on the Mount Rushmore. She's close. Yeah, she's close. close. She's got an exhibit. Um, thanks, everybody. Let's go into the J.C. Sebastian interview. Joining us now is J.C. Sebastian of P2 Sample. J.C., thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Adam. How are you doing? Oh, so great. Thanks so much. You're, you're in studio with us? I am in it's studio. So nice. It's been a while. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. JC is the client development manager at P2 Sample, and uh, JC is somebody that we've known for a long time at uh, just different places in your ways. We always talk, me and Brad, about how happy we are to see you at conferences. Easily the Mount Rushmore of people to see at conferences <laughs> and market research. I appreciate that, Adam. I don't know if that's because I'm a lovely guy or that big. I'm not Well, typically how we start these interviews is talk about how you get into market research. Because generally, whenever we talk, nobody's like, oh, I wouldn't be in market research since yeah. I'm a little boy. You know, or something. So how did you get into market research? Well, I decided not to be a, a surgeon. <laughs> and somehow I ended up in market research. Um, I, and it's strange because I started in, in Antigua and Western is where I was born originally from. And um, back back in those days, there was not two separate industries. There was just research. There was not between social policy and, and private market research. There was just government research that did everything. Mm-hmm. So that was really my, my, my roots. And so through that, I would... I did some great things, including some you would call market research, some social policy research, and I mean, doing research on the environment and on schools and, and tourism and that sort of stuff. So um, it was not only until I um, actually um, came to the States that I migrated and I went over strictly to social policy research and market research a couple of times. Yeah. I flipped back and forth, you know, and then I sat, I finally settled on the market research side. Um, Going back around ten years ago, really? Yes. And how? And you're in Atlanta now, right? How I am. I am in, in Atlanta, 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 Atl
I um, I've lived in Atlanta since 2006. Um, I actually, I don't live in the city of Atlanta. I'm in Metro Atlanta, as we yeah. say. I, I I live in the city of South of South Fulton, and um, every time I say that name, a smile comes across my face because of my history in the formation formation of the city of South Fulton. And talk, talk to us a little bit about that. No, I think this was on the live, but again, we don't talk about the live podcast here because those aren't very really good. But talk to me about that. You, I know Brian has talked to me about your local politics and what you did to form that city. So, so what's the story with that? Actually, I was just busy living my life, doing market research and going home every day, coming home, paying taxes, take, taking care of the family. And one day someone came and put a note in my mailbox and said, hey, you're the, you're the HOA president of your community. You should come and hear what's happening in the wider community. And basically, we had what would amount to taxation without representation at the local ah, level. Oh, and um, I was like, uh, not in this day and age, not in the United States of America. And so I, I got involved in, in, that, in that movement and really um, ended up playing, uh, some would say, more than a key role in forming the city of South Fulton um, back in 2016 um, really? when a referendum was passed locally. Um, that we championed, and um, it, it passed about 60%. Of, really? Yeah, so we're in our city of roughly about 100,000 people, which is the third largest city in Fulton County, which is the largest city, which is the largest county of all 159 counties in, in Georgia. Jeez, that's huge. Yeah. It's I pretty, had no idea. Pretty cool, right? It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, so... So now, uh, now we talk about market research, which is so exciting after hearing that kind of story. But uh, so you're at P2 now, and P2 is a huge buzz. I mean, you're growing like crazy. Yes. You're everywhere at conferences and popping up everywhere, and a lot of that's because of you and guys like JD and things like that. But but what's new at P2 now? Well, P2, there are always things new at P2 because yeah. that's just the company we are. Um, we don't believe in standing still. We believe in the use of technology. We always are trying to find new ways of, of helping out the industry and challenging the industry not to just be the status quo, but for doing things um, separately, um, differently. Because, um, you know, for instance, we just started to publish some articles um, surrounding the panel book, yeah. death of the panel book. And that's because um, our, our feasibility, we, we really have real live feasibility, real-time feasibility. And you cannot really publish a panel book and say this is this is your panel anymore because because of the way we do profiling, the way how we recruit into our panel, it's constantly changing, right? So we feel we feel the need of putting the tools into the hands of of the, the industry and saying here's our here's our panel. You run the feasibility, um, so through our DIY tool, you you can do that also through something that we just published an, an interactive map. You can literally go and mouse over a map and see. Per country, what sample we have, you can see all 19 accounts, right? All that. Right. So let me ask you a quick question. Do you have people, like in market research, I feel like there's a lack of acceptance of technology by some people who want, I need a physical panel book, I need it printed and bound, like we do with the old tables, you know, you've seen tables. Do you, do you get, have you had any pushback on that? Actually, not not a lot, and I've actually had some recent conversation with some clients who, who, like me, have been around the industry for a while, and even a few new ones who've said, "Listen, I like what you guys are doing, right? Because the the old way of, of of doing panel just is not feasible anymore, 
right? And, and we have been around, you know, those of us in this room, we have been around long enough to see panels come and panels go. So if you don't change with the time, if you don't allow the technology to help you keep relevant, then you're going to go by the way of, of those um, panel companies that I call dinosaurs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So another big thing that you guys are kind of doing, talk to me about P2 Solo. I mean, everyone's coming out with the DIY, but you guys seems a lot different from like the status quo. P2 Solo, we basically put our panel on, on your desktop. And we allow you to not only go in and run your feasibility real time, we allow you to go in and set your price, right? And manage your, manage your budget, as well as we give you live support. Right, so you're not just stuck with a DIY tool that you're, you're out there on your own. We're, sure. there to, we're there to support you every step of the way. You have live support. And as I said, you can tweak your prices, you can tweak your feasibility, you can set your clicks. You can even set your number of clicks even down to the quarter level. That's huge. I don't know, I've seen some of the things as far as even like the display. And I feel like that's a lot of times you can separate yourself and like some of like the pie charts that show distribution of a quota or something like. Right. That's what has kind of been missing from the DIY world, right? Is like, because it's truly DIY and, and not like no one's helping you figure this out yourself. You guys have really made a kind of a difference. And uh, that's huge. I think that's the next step in evolution that everybody should be doing. Yes. And, and again, it's, it's, on, it's, on your, it's on your desktop. I mean, no matter where you are, you have access to 40 million, 40 million people on, on your desktop. Right? And you're able to, yes, look at few results live and you're able to see some graphs that can you know, show you some indication about things that are going and you can go back and you can tweak those things you know, before your feeling ends and you're discovering, wow, my code is cute. No, yeah. you can actually control those things along the way as, as you go and it's pretty easy. Yeah. It's pretty user-friendly. Even I can use it. <laughs> yeah. Brian, any questions for JC? I don't think so. Not until we get the four Ps. Let's move into it right now. All right. Four Ps. Our, our kind of version of the marketing mix. Uh, four words start with letter P. We're going to start with playlist. Choose JC. What are the last three songs you listen to? Or last three artists? Mercy Me. Okay. Uh, Gregory Isaacs. All right. Bob Marley. Really? Yes. Uh, I can't believe it, man. <laughs> yeah, and also third day. Really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. I have a question for you. This is my question. Do you have a Prince story? A Prince story. Do you like Prince? Actually, <laughs> we watched. By no. the way, we watched Purple Rain in this office a couple weeks ago. I, my experience with with Prince goes back, you know, several years ago. I was a Michael Jackson guy. Uh, so it was like uh, you get a Prince or Michael Jackson. I was it like, might be a Prince or Michael Jackson thing. I, yeah, I was like, I, I don't want to know about Prince because of Michael Jackson. Right. You know, but you know, as I got a little older and I listened to his music and, and follow him, I realized there was a place for both of them. So my Prince story really is an evolution into coming to respect him as an artist. Even right. though I was a Michael Jackson guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's basically my story. That's yeah. good. That's a good Prince story. You got the next P, Brian. All right. Politics. Both of you and I are both. We, we had a long, lengthy conversation this earlier today about politics. How uh, we both view that you can really make a difference in local politics, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, so last time you were on, you mentioned you're involved in your local government. Any updates on it? We just talked about it a little bit, but do you have any updates in 
Um, are you now president of your city? <laughs> no, are you, no, do you no, own no. the city? Are you no, succeeding? No, no. <laughs> no I, I don't. I, I am, um, someone called me the other day. I never labeled myself like this before, but someone gave me the label of, of activist. Activist? The other oh. day, yes, because um, <laughs> I, I am not an elected official and I got started in this basically because there was um, there was just some local issues. And, and truth be told, I can trace all that right back to the lights in my community got turned out one day. Oh my! Right, and it was in the in the middle of, of fall. It was dark. My kids had to catch a school bus, and I looked outside and it was too dark. I was like, "What happened to the lights in the community?" So I then went and started to find out what was happening. Right. And so I began to write emails, make flyers, pass them on, and say, "Turn the lights back on." Yes. <laughs> you know those kind of things. That was just within my community. That that led. A couple of years later to become an AHOA president. And a couple of years after that, that led to my involvement yeah, in, in, in the cityhood movement. And so now I, I do I do my day job and I say in the evening I then go do my night job. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I so I have a couple of jobs, but I only have one check. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? So yeah, so I'm I'm involved in, in, in the local politics and I, I, I do help out some local um politicians as well, my local senator. I work with her. Um, in terms of getting elected, elected, and even looking at local bills and things that we figure oh, wow. we, need, we need we need to pass um, for the state, I'll get involved with her and, and um, really go through those and look at some issues and, and decide, you know, make recommendations of what to do. So, and so for some reason, people listen to me. <laughs> so your lights are on. You have a police station. Are there other accomplishments that you have? And I mean, that's amazing. You know, I'm, I've always been a family guy. And whenever people talk to me about accomplishments, a lot of times the first thing that comes to my mind are my kids. Because yeah. I always think if I do a good job doing that, um, then I think, you know, my life would have been worth it. So between my kids and my 26-year-old marriage, yeah, someone actually had married to me in 26 years. <laughs> but, uh, but I have a great and supportive wife who, who understands our industry. Right? Oh, wow. And so she understands like times like now, JT's gonna be traveling. I have to run things at home, and yeah. you know it's it's always good to know that you can go and do do your stuff when you have the support um, that that's at home. Uh, last few people, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're talking, and we have a list actually going. It's like thirty different things to do with Mount Rushmore on. But as we're starting, we started talking about the NBA. Uh-huh. You're a really big NBA fan. Yes, I am a big NBA fan, and um. Some people might be surprised when, I, when you talk about Mount Rushmore, who might be on mine? Right? Let me hear you. Yeah. I, I, again, for, for me, I like to look at the guys in the era that I've seen play. Yeah. Right? And I always like un, unusual guys. of like, you know, people like Charles Barkley and yeah. Rodman, who were super rebounders, but yet they're barely over six feet tall. Right. Yeah. Okay? You know, these are just phenomenal guys. But in terms of my Mount Rushmore, I made a list. Of course, Jordan has to be on it. Yeah, you know if you see Jordan play, not much more need to be said. Yeah, Jordan has to be there. Um, Kareem has to be there. One for longevity, two for way, the way how he was able to adjust his game. You know, playing with you know folks like Magic and Wordy and Byron Scott. You know, he still yeah. he still had his role. He was that dependable skyhook too. It's always there. You need a two, you, you go to Kareem. Um, to me, Shaq has to be on it, man. That big body power all over the place. His his combination with with um 
this guy probably should be on on the list, Kobe. And my wife's a Kobe fan, so oh, yeah. he's number five, honey. If you're listening here, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that that combination of Shaq and and, and Kobe, you know, had they kept it together, I I think yeah. they would have really outdo them. Yeah, yeah, for the sure. Jordan Pippen group. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, and then LeBron has to be on that list. Uh, the man child, he can do everything on the court. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. In that size body, you know, he can be a point guard, he can be a small forward, he can play center, he can, you know, basically play from one to five. You know, and I again, agree. I talk about unusual guys. You know, that's that's my four. That's your four. Yeah. Brian. It's hard to argue with his four. Yeah. Um, one thing, I'm going to throw out a question. Why is Tim Duncan never mentioned in anyone's top? Was he just, like, really good for a really long time? Because he won lots of titles. He was a great teammate. He put up a ton of numbers. Is he just too boring? Because most of the guys that you mentioned, and that's the same list as me, none of those guys are boring, right? I think it's a lot of it because none of them, like, the guys that we were mentioning, like, changed some aspect of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Shaq was, like, a big center. Change, yeah, like, nobody change again. No, nobody's been LeBron like, one through five. Yeah. Kareem was, like, you know, over seven foot. That was huge. And Jordan, of course, is Jordan. Yeah. Where Duncan was, yeah, he was a power four that averaged, you know, 24 and 11 every single year. But at the same time, like, you would have. the game. You had gone through Barkley doing that for a while. Yeah. Even though Barkley never won. But Duncan's got four titles, I think. Um, Who has four? Duncan. Oh, Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, I mean, David Robinson was also putting up those same type numbers for a long time. Yeah, and like he, if he was like outlandish or obnoxious, then you probably would put on the list. Yeah, but the only people I might put on the list would be either Oscar Robertson or Wilt, but they're before my time and before your time. And then I put Magic, maybe. He's in the conversation because he kind of changed the game of a big point guard that could guard any position and did guard every position. But I think mine's the same as yours. What about you, Adam? Okay, Jordan and LeBron, for sure. They're my one-two all yeah. time, probably. Uh, Magic, again, because, I mean, starting at center, game seven, 1985. No, no one's right. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, he could do anything. Yeah. Uh, and then how did nobody mention Bill Russell? Yeah. 11 championships for 13 years. The last two as a player coach. Yeah. Changed the game, like defense. Yeah. Um, and didn't have to score. Or yeah. You could have. Yeah. I mean, you could have had Wilt's career if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. But just focused on defense. I mean, that team was loaded. He was blessed to be able to do that. But Yeah. I, I mean, to me, the interesting thing about the NBA, too, is that we've just sat here and we've called a bunch of guys and we've yeah. called it slightly different. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Mont Rushmore. And you can't say anybody's wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. All these True. guys are just great in their own. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The other guys who are really knocking on the doors. I mean, you're talking about he might not might not have won as as much, but somebody like Alan Iverson, he's a little guy, yeah. you know. And yeah. you know, had it not been for maybe some of the issues and stuff around him, or sure. maybe on a slightly better team, he probably could have yeah. won as much as some of these other guys. Yeah, yeah I think right? all the time. Like I mean, Dr. J, if he would have spent those times with the yeah. NBA, yeah, yeah, yeah. one, just like. Wrong yeah. place, wrong time, yeah. that type thing. I think guys. I mean, I think there's guys now. Like, I think Durant could be mm-hmm. a top four all time. By yep. the time it's all. What, what is he? Seven two? Is he seven one? Yeah. Seven two. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. You know, he plays like a guard. Yeah. yeah. Taking the I'm ball like, yeah. end to end. You know. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Man, I love the NBA so much. Yeah. Love it today. I think today is the 15 year anniversary of um, LeBron's first game. 
Is it really? I think so. I saw a picture today that came out. We scored 19 in that first game against the uh, Pistons. He, I, I just remember he wore a headband back then. That's right. I forget about the headband. He should wear it now. Bring it back. Yeah. They need something. Receding hairline. Uh, yeah. I, think he, I think they probably told him, like, stop wearing the headband. Yeah. So we're not here anything. JC, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. As always, great to see you. You're welcome, Adam. You're more than welcome. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks so much. Okay, Peace. Thanks a lot. Anyway, that does it for this episode of IntelliCast. You can find IntelliCast at IntelliCast1 on Twitter, EMI underscore research on Twitter, my own personal Twitter, Adam Jolly, all one word, and IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Thank you so much, Brian. Hey, thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.